0: is candy in tennessee i'm just outside of nashville and today we have a special guest sarah because we have sad news i just want to say sarah thank you for coming in eugene's had a loss in his family and we're going to send out our condolences to him and sarah our our regular correspondent at this point has stepped in to help us out hi sarah
1: hi candy it's good to be here not not great. the greatest circumstances but it's always great to talk to you yeah
0: you too now where are you where are you visiting us from today
1: so i am in edmonton alberta which for those of you listening in the states is in westernmost alberta almost not quite it's not the coast or anything but it's it's pretty far west
0: yeah it's like texas light
1: (laughs) yeah exactly it is tight. that's exactly what i call it
0: yeah okay there you go that's what i used to call calgary so
1: we have oil Um, but not as much cows but not
0: as many yeah Yeah. have right wingers but not as right
1: Oh, they're getting there they're, they're
0: getting, getting there, there. <laughs> yeah um so how are you doing and uh what's
1: what's new with
0: you this week
1: well it's been I am going to be traveling to the states uh, okay for the first time since 2019
0: oh good for you
1: yeah with family yeah just for a few days but we're heading down uh, a midnight flight tomorrow and oh finally getting out of the province finally getting out of canada for a Oh little my God! Time.
0: it's going to be so great to do that and
1: just go see other people and do something different connect it'll you be good that. i also haven't taken time off from work, and in that time
0: oh really <laughs> that is a long time
1: it truly is and i've developed a really interesting case of uh not not tennis elbow like i thought but pseudo tennis elbow mm. sitting at a desk all day so i uh can't really do my normal stuff. I was gonna make dollhouses for my grandkids and a bunch of blogging this year, but it's been a really quiet year. I kind of have to just exercise and watch TV and go for walks.
0: Oh, wow. Is there anything like acupuncture that would help or?
1: You know, I'm still, I'm just just into physio. So I'm gonna see how that goes. And then if it, you know, if it's not panning out or whatever, I'll get more creative, I guess.
0: Right, right. You know, just in case. Well, I'm in Tennessee. I'm visiting friends and I'm picking up a car. I didn't tell anyone that my car broke down in October. I didn't want to so. tell anybody because it's just embarrassing. But it broke down coming back from New York City last oh, October. No. And the the people of oh, the Ohio Turnpike is privatized. I didn't know this. So you can't even get your own um, roadside assistance. They have it. Oh, my now, God. I'll never go on a turnpike again, so then they take the car and then you're you're with the mechanic you don't know who they are and they asked for an insane amount of money to replace my transmission. I called my mechanic and he was like thieves and he would have charged me something I could have handled, so I actually did sell the car in Ohio and we've been without a car since. and I i'm very lucky and happy to say. I've got one coming and you know, you know me, I do like to hit the road and, (laughs) and uh, move artwork so I'm pretty excited (laughs) to have a car again. So that's what I'm doing down here and I've been doing lots of fun things. You know, um, I know it's been hard for I don't know any Canadians really. I don't think my sister who she's gone to Vancouver Island but I don't a lot of Canadians have not been traveling. No,
1: no, you know, much more
0: cautious and careful. And um, so I'm glad for you. And I, you know, we started moving around a lot last year and doing some things. So it does feel good. Um, I'm, I'm outside of Nashville and we've got a kind of an action packed weekend. I'm staying with friends. You know, I went secondhand shopping, secondhand clothing shopping today. Everything in that store was 99 cents. So I got like six things. I was so excited.
1: <laughs> they have great thrift stores in the States. I have to say that. They have the yes. best thrifting.
0: They really do have, you know, where it used to be great was Alberta. I used to love thrifting in Alberta. I used to go to Sundry, Alberta, outside of Calgary. And they had an amazing, I think it was like a church basement, um, secondhand place. And I mean, I got so many cool things there. Yeah, but the States does have, there's a lot of stuff down here. There's so many people that I guess exactly, there's just yeah. abundance, right? More
1: people, more stuff, more jobs. More people, more stuff, more money,
0: <laughs> more problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I went Good out for, Sounds fun. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And um, yeah, just let me see, I'm gonna check my notes in case there's anything else I wanted to add to that. I, I'm pretty sure I, I made an incredible list of notes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, oh, I got some cigar boxes, that's right. Okay, so yeah, I had a great day. Went out for a really nice lunch and, um, and, and got some secondhand shopping in.
1: That sounds. I have to ask, what are the cigar boxes for? Well, I've been decorating
0: them with collage and selling uh-huh. them for giftware. So it's yeah. like a gift box. You could put a, a tie, jewelry, a paperback book, a lot of literary sized books fit in cigar boxes. And I made them for, um, you know, actually this Sunday Stag, my husband is going to be at Martin's corner uh, doing an art sale. He's not going to have my cigar boxes though, but he's got all kinds of artwork. He's going to have a table there in, in Chicago. And um, he'll be signed up. But the last time we did that, the cigar boxes flew off the table. Really? So I've been, I've got to get more cigar boxes and decorate them. <laughs> and I think people put jewelry in them or just keep them as keepsakes.
1: Oh, I'm a sucker for boxes. Yeah, need too. many decorative boxes. Oh. Um, and, you know, do you need that many? Probably not, but they're great. They are great. One yes. has its own little purpose and presence and they're fantastic. So That's right. I get it.
0: Yeah. So, so is there snow there today?
1: Uh, you know what? It's melting, but it's here. Oh, uh, my winter God. Winter never really ended in Alberta. Right it's still here. It's still hanging on. It's got its icy little grip in us. And
0: yes. Not well, it's pretty, it was pretty cold in Chicago. It's been raining. I, I, I feel like it's rained every day since January. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's not true, but it feels like it. It's pretty darn close. And so down here um, in Clarksville, it, it was it was probably 85 today. It was pretty nice out. It's I'm, I am was almost too hot to do the podcast. I'm in a little sunroom, as you can see. And when I started, I was like, I'm going to die in here. But now that the sun's gone down. So we're good.
1: Um, I, just, uh, just for comparison, I'm wearing a sweater and layers and leggings and big socks. and.
0: Oh, yeah, I have a t shirt. mug of hot tea. Oh, and I have icy cold water. I've got a black t shirt on and I have these pants that are, they're really like, um, they're sort of pajamas slash sweatpants. And I've got them rolled up way above the knee just because I didn't bring anything short to wear like a skirt or shorts. So I'm just boiling here. And, it, and it's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to Nashville tomorrow, I'm going to um, do a bunch of things and go out for dinner and, and see. Uh, uh, we're doing this thing. And I don't want to say it, it's, it's going to be an exercise. And it's with the group that does Waldorf schools so um i don't know what we're doing but some kind of spiritual exercise so i'm looking forward to that with my girlfriend here um we always like getting into something mystical and then we're going to go out for dinner in nashville and maybe the lipstick lounge which is a great lesbian bar um and they have karaoke and lots of good drinks and a place called butcher and the Bee. so i'm pretty excited i feel so decadent i'm doing this
1: nice no it sounds great sounds i like always a, feel I with know.
0: eugene i'm always like well now i'm in florida now i'm in new york city and <laughs> because i've been kind of lucky that way being able to get going
1: i think the last show i did with you guys you were in new york so yes, yeah. i
0: was yes i was i was upstairs at my friend andrew's house and we i was on the floor in the, his his spare bedroom you're right yeah it's funny yeah oh, yeah Beautiful. you bode well you're for travel traveling yeah um, and then then the car broke too. <laughs>
1: well, yeah.
0: And that freaking happens. Um, so you and I have kind of a common enjoyment in there have been so many streaming shows about women getting ripped off by men. And you and I seem to kind of enjoy that. And definitely Eugene's watched a bit of them, but not, I don't think as much as you and I
1: no uh when you sent me the list of ones you would watch i was almost alarmed because i thought man have i been watching this many documentaries lately yes and
0: and on such a terrible topic yeah um you know and i think i i know women are watching it everywhere because we're the ones that get sucked into it um you know and i have so many mixed feelings about the different stories um the one i watched the most recently was the bad Vegan
1: yeah did you watch
0: that or vegan i guess that vegan did
1: yeah that's a really fascinating one um because i'd read this story i think it was in the new yorker
0: oh really can you tell me a little bit about what you remember
1: it was a couple years ago and you know the only thing the only takeaway for me from this story was that uh you know there's this fantastic vegan restaurant owner Mm -hmm. you know she's she's absolutely at the height of her powers you know she's got all of new york coming into her restaurant and then she just flakes she just takes off, doesn't pay her servers, doesn't pay her hostesses, doesn't pay her chefs. Is that I how it thought,
0: looked? Is that how it looked in the New Yorker?
1: That that's what I remembered.
0: Oh, was yeah, that, that's interesting. So they you know, didn't know
1: about the guy. They did, but it was kind of like, yeah, she got into a relationship and she just kind of flaked. And you know, she's on the hook for all this money. And I thought, wow, what a horrible person. Like what a horrible employer. Yes, well, I watched the documentary, though, the series, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally different take. I walked away from it with a much different impression of her.
0: Yeah, me too. When it started, I I was uncomfortable. You know, her body language was unusual and the way that she spoke was very um, calm, which is actually probably a good way to present her story. But at first I thought, oh, I thought she was in on this and she was trying to show us no no it wasn't me but i my immediate feeling was like that she wasn't she was an unreliable narrator because mm-hmm. of her calm demeanor um as it went on though by the end of the first one i i started to see wait something is going on here maybe this isn't just on her
1: yeah um and if you watch this if you watch bad vegan in conjunction with some of the other shows like um the puppet master in particular yeah you will see how I won't say easy, because it isn't easy, but how you can get looped into this, this crazy drama-filled relationship pretty fast. Yes. And you and can go downhill so quickly, right?
0: You, yes, you can. And you're right with the puppet master, because that's the same kind of idea. The fellow that is a con artist has told someone in, in the Bad Vegan, he's told his girlfriend that he want, he's a spy. He's um, a special ops military guy mercenary or something and then the other puppet master is he's told these very naive teenagers in college or young people 1920 that he has to get them out of the out of the school and go on the road and he's um special ops in against uh, the IRS the um and I mean the um I don't mean the IRS in the states I mean the um Republican our um the IRA. Thank you. IRA. Thank you. And that is true. That's a very interesting one because you'd think that would be the most far-fetched story you could tell someone.
1: That's the thing though. I think that's the success of some of these scams is if you go big and you go way over people's heads, mm. you can get away with so much. Like the puppet master was able to convince someone that he was with MI5 just by switching the SIM card in his phone. <laughs> the guy up, watched and <laughs> said. Who does that? You know, right. he, must, he must be telling the truth because no one does that. That's espionage stuff. Like Yes. Yes. You know, and uh, of course, the bad vegan. Uh, I don't remember her last name, but Sarma, when she met this guy, um, I can't remember his name, Strangest or something like that. Anthony. He went by a bunch, these guys go by a bunch Right, of but I think
0: names. it was Anthony Strangest now that you say yeah. that. I, I wouldn't have remembered it, but I think you
1: got it. Well, she married him. All right. So she married he him under that. She married guy.
0: him, yeah.
1: And uh yeah she didn't know anything about intelligence where she's a vegan chef you know what's she going to know about the cia or or opera okay. so she would see him on his laptop doing something that looked kind of like the intelligence work and she would think oh that must be what he does you know she didn't really question it
0: and i guess that she liked him enough to want to believe him um because you know it's funny because when it, they show the picture in the first episode they show this guy Again, this happens to me, I'm like, ugh, I I didn't like how they looked, I I was like creepy. But I guess when you're in person and you've got a, uh, you know, a dynamic personality and you've got a woman, she must have wanted that type of dynamic personality in her life or believed him. Um, You wonder, were you super lonely? Were you, how vulnerable were you? And I think it ties into something in our culture that we still have these stereotypes of the Cinderella complex. That there's going to be this person who is a military guy or, you know, it's different than the puppet master in the um, in Ireland. Um, But he managed to find a group of friends that had trust funds. So that's the puppet master. Good for him to take all their money. But this 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 woman, she really she had almost dated Alec Baldwin. Yeah, she certainly seemed like she was involved with him. And then he met somebody at a restaurant. So she has this innovative fascinating raw food vegan restaurant in New York City that celebrities are going to like crazy, and super popular. And she's quite attractive and photogenic. So she's on make Yeah, beautiful. She's on magazine covers. She's, you know, this is prime real estate for the media to cover this story with new food, new food. What don't we 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 just love that. Um, And then she seems to meet this guy on a dating site or something like that. I I don't know if it was a date. It was something that was not, I don't think he came into the restaurant right away, and he certainly wouldn't have known about vegan food, but there is something kind of funny inside story on this that had just occurred to me right now. I remember when Alec Baldwin said that he first met Kim Basinger on set. They were doing a movie together, and he heard that she was vegetarian, and then she's talking to him, and she says she's vegetarian. He said, oh, so am I. No, he wasn't, but he's, had, he's he said that. he was, and he's certainly been vegetarian ever since to, to <laughs> his credit. He did walk the walk, but he said it just to get her to be relatable. And, you know, there's a story of like these guys that, you know, guys sometimes they lie to get a girl and yeah. or they, they cover the truth that they don't put their best foot forward and and women probably do it too, but yeah. just funny, that parallel to the bad vegan, is that this guy knows the heart, the way to this woman is through her purse. The way to the woman's heart is through her stomach. Well,
1: what's interesting too, is that Alec Baldwin met his current wife at the restaurant. At the restaurant. And she yeah. was involved in a bit of a scam too, because she is an East Coast girl named Hillary, but she decided to go by this name, Hilaria, and pretend that she was from Spain or something. <laughs> and she got wow. called a few years ago about that. Wow, I that's I guess he didn't care. And obviously not. I mean, he knew, right? So
0: I suppose there could be something. You've probably seen the Matt Damon movie with the talented Mr.
1: Ripley. Yeah. And right? the novels do. I love the novels. Uh,
0: uh, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I haven't read it yet. I, I love the movie. I've watched it a couple of times over the years. And the thing is, it that ties into this weird place with the rich and the elite. Um, this idea that you can kind of magically fit in and it's possible that the woman who met alec baldwin had created a persona that she got more attention from in such uh an elite um what's your magic in if you don't have money you've got looks you've got you can get your clothes together but maybe adding this persona really adds to being accepted by people who have a lot of money i I don't know I'm
1: absolutely yeah. Absolutely. I mean, all of these people that we've we've been discussing kind of bootstrapped themselves uh into society and got closer to their victims by either attaching themselves to VIPs, pretending to have family wealth that they did, obviously did not have. So we're talking about like your Anna Sorokin's and uh, right. and even the um the Tinder swindler yes. who pretended to come from a diamond dynasty, which he absolutely didn't. Right. Like if you can fake it long enough and you can kind of have the affectations of someone who's wealthy, like in Inventing Anna, they mentioned that one of Anna Sorokin's friends or Anna Delvey's friends mentions that um, she just had, she just seemed rich because she didn't really care. You know, she didn't order (laughs) the most expensive wine. She ordered the wine that you know, was she paid more attention to like vintage and things of quality, she wore clothes that weren't necessarily the flashiest, but they were the most expensive, like, she just knew she was a perfect mimic.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that is, that is really true. How and how this fellow did it, this Anthony Strangis, how he fooled her, you know, it is weird, because I don't think anyone that worked for her will ever believe that she wasn't involved in it it did take me throughout the show to keep, there was probably about four or five episodes, and which is again, stunning. How do these, this could have been a half hour story, but they find so much detail and they have so much coverage. I think it's also because we have cell phones and media coverage, she's famous. Um, yep. How long this went on, it went, it went on for years
1: and you know not just the length the length of the span of years but what amazes me is how much time like in that particular case uh, strangest he was a gambling addict like a lot of this was financially driven for him yes but he still spent hours and hours and hours building up this incredibly Rich fantasy life where it's like him against some sort of evil force. Mm-hmm. He never even really specified like who he was up against. It could be uh-huh. organized crime, it could be like the deep state, like who even knows, right? It's- he would spend hours on the phone convincing women, hey, you have to wire money. This is a test. Yeah. You know, if you don't come through for me, they're going to know you're not on my side and I can't protect you anymore. Like he puts so much effort into it. It's way beyond a financial scandal,
0: yes. way beyond a scam yeah that's a good point because you know there's an aspect to being a spy they you know it's called mice um motive motivation i'm not going to remember it right now um but one of the things is that that is that line is tricking people that some people get off on being able to that's control that they can play this um this role and have people be interested in them so in the story of the bad vegan um, it goes on to show that not only is he a gambling addict, he somehow manages to get her to write him checks and give him money like a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. He and and so when she doesn't pay her staff and can't pay her bills, it's not because the business isn't doing well. It's because she is making money and he is spending it. He's, exactly. he's basically embezzling the um, funds. And and in that way, she did help because. And I know why she did because she was hypnotized or or a S Stockholm syndrome or something, but she did have to write those checks to him, or whatever she transferred the
1: money. She still and, did. There's there's a degree of complicity there for sure, and I think her of a
0: victim in terms of a victim,
1: yeah, you know, right, right. Yeah, but her status as a very successful uh, business owner and someone who would really such a competitive industry too. Like mm-hmm. even with Raw Vegan, I mean, yeah, you're still you're still fighting in New York. So for yeah. her to get on top of the game like that is really at her age is really incredible. Um, but we always think of these women and I the Tindler Tinder Tindler Swindler, yeah. I should call it, the yeah, Tinder I Swindler, uh, kind of drives home the point that um yeah, you can be doing really super well in your life. You can be in a good place, you can be confident, have a good support system. And still get into this stuff because it's not really about uh, your deficits or anything like I mean they're not necessarily attacking your vulnerabilities, but they might be going after your aspirations your dreams, and even if you've achieved everything there's still something you want right, whether it's spiritual fulfillment or protection there's still going to be some kind of gap there that they can just rush into, right?
0: Yeah, and it seems like she had both of that. She had two things. She did have a spiritual aspirations, which he played on by saying things like he could give her um, her pet um, immortality. I I don't even know how that conversation came up. Yeah, Uh, I don't. uh, You know, she recorded recorded a lot. I wish she had recorded that. And so he, she, you know, obviously you're like, I love him so much. I don't know how I'll live without him. Oh well, I can give him immortality with my uh, magic. Uh, who knows? Maybe he told her he had cryogenics, you yeah. know, and that he worked in that. Who knows?
1: It's part and, of that going big, you know, pretending you're like you've you've mastered uh, time and space is, that's yeah. huge. Like,
0: yes, and I guess the 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 victims, isn't it? It's back to that dream thing. If you watch Disney movies or you know certain types of romance movies, still to this day. There is that idea that you are so unique that someone also unique is going to come in and you, you were ready for it. You were ready for above top. And she had already, maybe it is her accomplishment that helped her because she'd already done something quite, as you say, um, uh, remarkable in the business world, especially in the competitive restaurant business in New York city and woman and a female and in alternative healing food. I mean, yeah. there's so many things that went against her. So maybe it was just as natural to feel, well, figures, I've, I'm together with a spy. You know, I guess I'm just that remarkable. <laughs> maybe, and I, I, I don't mean it to insult her. I mean, maybe it's just that magical thinking.
1: It kind of is. And yeah, that's that's a big, big part of it. It's it's just wishing. When you get to, like, Theranos or... Um,
0: oh, that's a good no, one, too.
1: Dale Carr. Uh, yes, created by Liz Carmichael, which wasn't really a car, but it certainly looked like one. Yes, You know, this feeds into so many dreams, like, wow, medical innovation and, uh, you know, a three-wheeled car that barely takes any gas at all. You know, it was like the uh, Tesla of its day. Right. Amazing things that people wanted desperately.
0: Right. And um, in that one, Theranos, with the the apparently uh, startup company for testing blood, which I'm sure lots of people have seen that are listening to this, I'm assuming, but she fooled. She fooled a lot of people, I guess it's questionable. I think she was responsible. I think she did understand that it wasn't working. And maybe just kept hoping the next few million I get will push us over the next few million. Maybe she believed that like the guy who made the car, um, or not not the guy that Liz Carmichael, you're right. Um, who made the car kept believing if we just push it a little further we're finally going to get this done and her boyfriend theranos's boyfriend for that company he did seem like a bit of a swindler yeah you know they it did seem like that maybe he maybe he did fuel her flame to believe that she could be capable of it but she fooled biden she fooled politicians yeah really really helping her get um these
1: permits or permissions and that fed into drugstores taking her stuff yes that is you know if these if these kind of scam artists or people with crackpot ideas that they're not even sure about you know they may be the arsonists but the vips that they're able to draw in are the accelerant. like they're the ones who really get it going and really start the fire because obviously if you have a bogus medical device you're not going to get very far with it right there was a there was a guy in California years back. Um, I don't even know, like the 20s. I think who had a medical quasi medic pseudo medical device that he also said could diagnose diseases with one drop of blood. Really, certain vibrations and energies, and it was just a box, right? Oh. But just like the Theranos device, like you couldn't just buy one off of him and take it apart. It was a proprietary thing you had to rent and only his technicians worked with it. And of course, the techs were all in on it and, you know, they were the accelerant too. They helped him keep the, the fire going. And I learned about that, weirdly enough, through an Evelyn Waugh novel. Oh, oh. <laughs> from interesting. The Ordeal of Gilbert Penfold. He mentions this weird little box that his neighbors have that can diagnose diseases with One drop of blood, and I thought, "What is that?" So I looked into it and found out about this. It's almost identical in some ways to the Theranos device. Wow,
0: and it's on in California,
1: and both in California. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, California does have a (laughs) reputation. Yeah, California does have a reputation of being that you know forbidden land, the the end of the rainbow, and (laughs) the health food, the health food, and healing. Um, Theosophical Society. I think related to Madame Blatvatsky and and that and Mesmer and that group, there I saw a paper presented about a contraption that it was wrong, but it wasn't entirely wrong. And it was an electronical thing. Electronical, I'm making up words. It was some kind of electrical impulse thing like Frankenstein. And yet it 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 still is true that it did something. I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a fascinating. Uh, presentation at the conference I was at, and I hadn't heard of it, and it was this this, um, retreat, a hotel retreat, and they were part of the Theosophical Society, and it's still there today. I don't know if it's a retreat, but it's a little bit like Esalen um, from the end of Mad Men.
1: Yes, this is also in California. So
0: I think it's still there. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and that's very interesting. I mean, that's it. That's with snake oil and everything. That's why they, we joke about snake oil. That we think it's not. You know, oh, it's a scam. Why do you think we believe scams? Why? Why could it happen to anybody? Now I've bought some products on my face that I I know. Why did I do that? Why did I do it? And I like the person selling it to me. I wanted to <laughs> bond with them.
1: Yeah, that's the ultimate question. And with all of these scams, that's the big one. I think it has more to do not with getting at at people at a certain level of vulnerability, but getting us at a certain point in our lives. We were just ready for a change. Like, obviously, you were ready to change yeah. your
0: face. Get rid of the wrinkles. Yes, I was ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were ready for a new face. Yeah. I'm the same with my hair. I have an kind of awful <laughs> hair these days. It gets drier and thinner as I get older. Oh, I'm constantly going into like keels and buying overpriced stuff for it.
0: I'm taking four ginormous medical grade vitamins hoping to grow back my hair I have no idea if it's working or not I have no idea I think yes and I think my hair does look better but I don't know if I'm just imagining or not
1: that's the thing I mean sometimes it's temporary sometimes it's wishful thinking but it's always I think with scams it's hope right yes like someone offers you just a little glimmer of hope and you might be skeptical but you think yeah it's worth a chance you kind of run a little cost benefit thing in your head and you're like yeah you know what what, why not? Yeah. I mean, even for people who were investing tons of money into these scams, like the the bad vegan giving her boyfriend hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. even though she knew he was a gambling addict, right. <laughs> <was> <laughs> that hope that he's going to pull through somehow and, and things will stabilize and he'll win the fight and be able to settle down and you just buy a nice little house and reopen your restaurant and mm-hmm. everything's cool, right? Mm-hmm. There's hope. I, I think they really capitalize in hope. Although some of them, some of these people, though, like the puppet master. What was the puppet master's name again? I wrote, I wrote that down because Robert Fregard. He was the guy who impersonated an MI5 agent, right? And would offer to take people into protection if they would give him their bank account numbers and if they would work for him 24/7 and blah blah blah. (laughs) So obviously, he's not offering hope he's no. just offering hope of staying alive so you're not killed by the ira or whatever but right and
0: maybe off also that feeling of um that you're involved in something important almost like casablanca sure. you, yeah. you know what's a hill of beans you know our our lives are a hill of beans next to something important like war and i guess we are all maybe we're romantics and and now she does not talk about it uh in the bad vegan she doesn't really say how they I never got the impression that did he whine and dine her or did I forget? Was he really also, I'm going to have to assume that the kind of level of attention and 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 caring and listening that a con artist would do to somebody just absolutely knowing what you want would yeah. have to be part of it.
1: Absolutely. And that's where like Nexium comes in because that guy nailed it. I mean he knew yeah. exactly how much pressure to apply. How to kind of love bomb using all of his other—that's
0: it, love bomb
1: stuff. Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an art form. That is an absolute art form for these people, mm-hmm. and it's hard to resist because mm-hmm. you don't even know what's coming at you. You don't expect it, so you can't really armor yourself. You know, it's right. unexpected. You go to a job interview or you go to a wellness workshop, and all of a sudden, people are coming at you, telling well, I mean, you how that, great you are.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because there's um there's something in 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 buddhism in meditation retreats you sometimes you'll go to these retreats and there's a thing called vipassana romance because when you go to this retreat or you go to a health workshop like you were just saying um you're being pretty open and you're spending all day there it's like a conference i'm sure i haven't asked people about academic conference romances but there has to be some the group i'm hanging out with if there is some i'm not I'm not really seeing it, okay, when I'm on my conference. But there has to be because you're completely there for a whole weekend or a number of days, and you're completely passionately talking about something you're interested in. And so all of a sudden it seems like you have something in common with someone. Yeah. And, and so it's a fleeting romance. It's called Vipassana. I can't remember what the translation is from Sanskrit, but it definitely means in that setting it's a false, it's a false love.
1: it reminds me of like summer camp bonds yes so close to your your mates and then and then you're then you leave yes and you never see each other again you don't write to each other like you promised but right
0: that's true a summer camp friendship yeah or romance that is very good example it seems like you're going to because it really was easy when you're right there with each other
1: yeah but if you can keep people in that moment you know keep giving them steady doses of it and keep isolating them together it can go on
0: for a long, long time, and right? that's what I think we're seeing in those stories. Uh, and 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 what it there's like, yeah, you're right. There's like eight or ten of them right now. And why do you think they're popular right now? Is it just because we <laughs> yeah. have the info, or is there is there a reason?
1: Well, I think we all have a lot of time on our hands still. So many people <laughs> working from home and still right. kind of sort of isolating. We still haven't really gotten back into the groove yet. True. Like I'm still watching way more TV than I ever thought I would be in my life. So right. Right. I think that's part of it. But I, we were kind of primed for it by a few little scandals like the Nexium trial, and a lot of stuff went on that just got us in the mood for digging deeper into like yeah. mindsets of yeah. both the victims and the victimizers. Yeah. How do these things happen?
0: Yeah. And I, I, I know for me, I like that little journey I went on from first of all being very suspicious of her. I was like analyzing, you know, like, well, you and I talked about Amanda Knox and, and Eugene. And I was like, nah, I don't buy it. She, she did it. Well, <laughs> I can't really get past that. There's something about her body language that it just doesn't, I can't read it. And and this woman in, in The Bad Vegan, it started like that until you really start to see some of these facts build up and what kind of a person this guy was and that he really did luck out. And she must have really... I mean, everybody wants love, yeah. everybody wants to feel connected to somebody and, and in a relationship. I, I there's not many people that don't want that. And you know, um,
1: what amazes me is how open people have been about their experiences and how brave they've been to share these stories. You're
0: right, Sarah, that is know, really, really
1: touching.
0: I think that's what also helped her grow on me. And the same for the Tinder swindler is that that one is very unique. Also, you've got these incredibly beautiful women who seem to be models. I mean, I don't know, they had a lot of money that they could get loans, and they seem to be able to generate an economic stability. And they're very, very gorgeous. I I assume they're kind of a European model. um, The the women and and they all had a similar look. And at first, I'm like, Are you naive? I mean, this guy was smarmy and creepy. And then you're like, Well, it, maybe it could just happen. You know, you start to really feel for them and their honesty. Um, one of the women in the Tinder swindler was so massively honest. I just loved her. She was like, look, I like to feel uh, love. I want to feel in love again. I want to have a good sex life or, you know, intimacy. And I was like, good for you for saying it because someone out here is watching that and we need to know that it could happen and that it could, you could be tricked i wonder how many women are going to be like yeah no i don't want to go for dinner with you (laughs) (laughs) can i see your are they going to be doing um crime checks on the internet now i think everyone's going to put their dates into the internet and double check them
1: absolutely do a background check that i am so impressed with both uh the series the, the the scam series that's been uh hbo has been running that netflix yeah been on top of like, they're really putting out some pretty interesting stories. I don't know if the production value is always super awesome. Like, it kind of varies quite a bit, mm. but just that they're getting these stories out there is really great. Yes. And, uh, I, I definitely have some ideas for them if they want to keep going with it. <laughs> um, there's some fantastic stories out there of scams and con artists that I think we could, one that I have been absolutely obsessed with since 2018 is a book called, a memoir called Run, Hide, Repeat.
0: Oh, I love the title.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. And it was written by a university professor uh, up in Canada, a former reporter by the name of Pauline Dakin. Mm -hmm. And she wrote this incredible memoir of growing up um, on the run. Like her family moved from Vancouver to Winnipeg to I think somewhere on the East Coast, just constantly on the move. And her mom was very, very paranoid. Um, There were times when... uh, just the strangest things would happen like they would come home and they would say oh you, you have to put these little booties on kids before you can go in the house because the carpets have just been washed and then years later she found out that they weren't supposed to touch the carpets because they were supposedly poisoned it, the deal it's so bizarre because the deal was this girl grew up in a very paranoid A transient household Uh Uh when she was in her early 20s and had already become a reporter her mom met her in an isolated spot and told her look um we're on the run from organized crime oh and the reverend that you've known all your life as your reverend uh his name was stan sears she actually gives his real name in the book um has been protecting us this whole time and he's the one who you know shepherds us he he helps us move to these new places and he's he's actually shielding us because he has connections with law enforcement and you know he's in constant communication with the people who are trying to take down this organized crime syndicate which was never really named right and it got incredibly bizarre um pauline was told that people in her family could actually be body doubles impersonating her family members my god
0: okay now now i'm getting suspicious
1: (laughs) Incredibly weird, right? And then the Reverend Sears sits her down one day and tells her, um, You know, I'm going to have to go into uh, a witness protection program that isn't really on the books. It's not a government sponsored one, it's just super secret. Yeah. And I'm going to have to go away to this little village. There's all these safe cities all across Canada where (laughs) people like me are hidden away because (laughs) we've done much to take down the syndicate. It just got incredibly weird and i i don't want to spoil anything i want people- okay oh
0: good okay thank you i was waiting for you to tell me um you know but i you know
1: netflix if netflix is looking for ideas they should be looking at uh run hide repeat that's it sounds fantastic. so juicy
0: so yeah. juicy yeah uh, you know the other side of this is the con artists that we like i should put a light on i i got real dark in 50 if i could find the light hold on sarah there we go <laughs> oh, <better. laughs> like a black void you're talking to there. Um, yeah, I guess what. A, and then there's the ones like Catch Me If You Can and the con artists that we admire because they're so smart and they're tricking yeah. the system. Um, and those ones are, the, I think it's those ones that trick the system and don't use us that are the good ones. You know?
1: Yeah, I, and, I, you know, I have to be real. Uh, Liz Carmichael with her Dale Carr is kind of my. The one that I have a soft spot I
0: I love her too. I loved her and I kind of I still feel like that could have been a car.
1: (laughs) I do too. I think I think it was better than Theranos because Theranos was junk. That was something that probably wasn't gonna pan out and they knew it at one point. Yes. But I think the Dale was always just like, yeah, we have to fake it for right now, but someday we're gonna have a real dale. Yeah, and
0: I think also he was so tied into the idea of in a way he was being true to the American dream, whereas Theranos was not. there's some way that he still seemed pure of heart or she did eventually she did um and uh you know and all of that you know it's such a metaphor between their life and their story and and how they ended up because they did help a lot of people um Liz Carmichael by the end of it you could really see that they basically were a pretty decent person I Um,
1: think I think so I think definitely so. definitely not on the scale of a, a nexium or anything you know nothing no. nothing crazy going no. on no. there just, no just someone trying to build a car that you couldn't at that time
0: right the other thing is that these these stories although they seem like they're definitely dealing with millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars most of them um the the bad vegan he even the boyfriend even ripped or that husband even ripped off her mother. Yeah. so it wasn't just that she was in this it it seemed to expand and um I think that people have they meet people in their lives that do these small scams on them or rip-offs and and so I think it's I think it's very popular because of that too that we can see well okay maybe you dated this person and um you know it it wasn't like a hundred thousand dollars but they weren't sincere, they were just using me for something, you know, and more than sex, more than intimacy, they're using you for some gain. Um, yeah. You know, there's lots of relationships where there's just people who live with somebody, to have a place to live, and the other person, the woman's paying for everything, or the man's paying for everything, you know, yeah. and I don't mean traditional marriage, I mean in a rip-off <laughs> situation, okay, <laughs> in the 1950s idea of, of marriage.
1: No, it's true though. I think everybody on some scale has been ripped off or yes. we're constantly on guard against it. We're constantly changing yes. passwords and trying to upper security. And like, there's just too many concerns with that right now. Right. Yeah. So to it watch
0: like to... our real life fairy tales and yes. Nexium, you know, really insane because so many women and then the women joined in on it. Yeah. Um, Yes. And also, it's set in Vancouver, part of it's set in Vancouver. That was very painful to see the whole Vancouver, you know, Vancouver has a very strong culture of um, self care, self help, spiritual path, mystical traditions, and to see that being taken advantage of is, is, you know, that's annoying as hell. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. I find it so interesting and I guess Scientology did this too and still does Ah, yes. uh, Going after actors and young actors so aggressively
0: mm-hmm. because
1: they are they're super vulnerable in a lot of ways. There's it's such a stressful yeah. lifestyle, right? It's such a stressful career choice and to have somebody just take that burden off of you for a little while or treat you like a superstar even though you've only been in a few commercials, you know. Yeah that's really um, occurring right
0: and you know I think maybe he really maybe they knew that maybe they had fashioned and studied a bit of Scientology. Uh, it's entire it's very possible they did and saw a field because you're right because in in acting and not unlike in art um the level of criticism public risk you take you put your stuff out in the in the public and you're analyzed on your very on your very body and and I mean look at the actresses now that have entirely new faces yeah is that vanity or is it paranoia or is it both of it it's you know
1: it's pressure I mean, it's pressure to, to never age never alter yeah. just just be who you were in the mid 90s or the yeah, it,
0: yeah in a way that's almost like a scan art or, or, or that's almost like a scan a con artist thing going on right now too this this kind of um Upper upper rich elite getting these surgeries in order to buy the fountain of youth, and then contrast yeah. that to the fentanyl murders, the legalized doctors that are prescribing um, oxycodone to celebrities, and yeah. obviously all the way to regular people. I mean, it's you know more yeah, regular people are dying than celebrities. It but.
1: is a scam, and there's this awful trickle down effect where people reverse trickle down effect where people feel like they hey my my favorite celebrity is doing this everyone is doing this i really should be getting botox
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there have been plastic surgeons who've been total con artists you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and have maimed and even killed uh patients right because they have no idea what they're doing or they're high or yeah
0: oh that's true what about they the uh, anesthesiologists that uh you know gets high on his own supply
1: yes yeah, yeah exactly what well, was and dirty john right
0: oh John. oh yeah. my god that was an amazing show
1: yeah i had amazing seen the film. dateline
0: versions but this this really they did such a good job have yeah. you put the real thing about pam
1: no uh that's that looks interesting though yeah
0: it is pretty interesting again i i went through several you know, over the years Dateline, and then I listened to the podcast, and and I never would have watched it, but then I was like, Rennie Zellweger? Okay, I'm going to watch it, you know, <laughs> I have to see what's going to happen
1: here. The um, last person you would expect to be a murderer. It,
0: it, right, it was, actually, I was pretty surprised that she did the part, but I can see that she's really, you know, doing a great job of it. <laughs> um, there's something else, Matthew Modine is in something, oh, he's in um, the the school, uh, the college admission scandal. Oh they've yeah, done yeah. A, they've done it. I, 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 watched the first episode and I had, I love Matthew Modine and he's great. And he's playing the, the, the coach that does it is the, the Avenue between the celebrities, but um, it's got a strange pacing. I, I don't know if I'll watch it all the way through. And, and I think I'm partly spoiled by the very excellent ones, like um, the bad vegan and Tinder swindler. Tinder mm-hmm. swindler is not fancy, but it's compelling
1: it kind of is yeah 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 Yeah, the, the women keep it going you know the women keep it going yeah. for real yeah absolutely so okay. there's another really getting more into literary fraud there's a really fantastic okay. Netflix documentary too called Misha and the Wolves um, oh
0: I think I saw this isn't it a Holocaust yeah. survivor
1: it is yeah yes
0: I did watch that I had forgotten I'd seen it a few years ago I don't know That's- a couple of years ago
1: yeah, yeah, that's a really great one. Again, I don't want to give away too much because it does have some really great little twists. For <laughs> You're alone. right,
0: and it, it's it's actually a, a bittersweet documentary and very very good. And they do a great job with uh, editing it and putting it together. I do. yeah, I don't want to give that away either.
1: Maybe you- it's one of the most. It's it's one of the best most <coughs> often reveals. I've ever seen in a documentary. It's oh. so beautifully stage managed that when the veil drops, you're like, oh, you!" and I knew the story, but I still audibly gasped. Mm-hmm. It was done so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it delves into the whole area of, yeah, this is a fraud, but there's an emotional component, Correct. maybe even mental illness. Toxicity, like. But then the the filmmakers did something really great with that where they kind of bring it away from the main characters, the two women at the core of the story, and they take it into real survivors of the holocaust yes. and they let them tell their stories yes. and i think that's really valuable too because these documentaries shouldn't just be about fraud and you know how i overcame getting my heart broken or how i escaped from this lunatic who said he was with mi5 but it should really be coming back to okay what's really being lost when people pull off these scams mm-hmm. you know like what are they taking away from society they're taking away elements of trust they're taking away you know, um, certain professions. They're kind of tarnishing certain professions that they're not even a part of. Got it, we need Sarah, you're
0: absolutely right. You're absolutely right, because who doesn't love a really innovative restaurant? And who doesn't love maybe doing a, a workshop on weekends where you find out how to be a more confident person?
1: Exactly. There's nothing exactly. wrong you want with
0: those interview. ideas. And to yeah. have it be that now, when you turn around every time you do something, you're like, oh, you're going to be, you know, that's probably a ripoff artist, you know, yeah. um, or you shouldn't get involved in something like that. Yeah, it's true. What are they damaging in our culture? With yeah. Some um, scams. It's like Bernie Madoff. I mean, I'm sure nobody wanted to uh, get involved in uh, buying property for a while. Probably didn't last long.
1: Yeah. No, no. Everybody gets back to that. but. Oh.
0: And um, to be fair, it sounds like the woman in Bad Vegan, we should say, that she is, um, she's really working earnestly to pay the people back.
1: Yeah, um, okay.
0: she, she may have paid back the staff. I don't think she paid back the, the investor yet because that was quite a lot of money, but I think she yeah. may have paid back her staff.
1: That was up around a couple million. millions. Oh, right? yeah.
0: I don't know how she's going to do that. And mm-hmm. I don't know if she'll be allowed to write a book and, and unless she can put the profits. Oh, you know what? I think she took the profit from Netflix to pay the, the um, I, yeah. staff.
1: I think so they that, even not at the end, maybe. Yeah, I
0: think that's a good thing. That's another great thing that could happen is um, you'd like to, you know, I mean, however, for journalism, you're not supposed to get money for something. But she didn't get it it was the staff but um now how maybe she could write a book and and give it proceeds to the you know i mean she, uh, now that the story's on netflix i don't know if there could be a book book deal i i can't imagine how she's going to pay him back at least a million dollars
1: i really don't either in fact i think that's debt the the crippling amount of debt that she was under even with her success I think that really factored into how she got roped in by this guy because she, yeah, she was in a beautiful place in her life, but she also had this tremendous debt hanging over her all the time. That's got to have an impact on you.
0: Yeah. And I think maybe it's a bit like buying a lottery ticket. You're thinking, well, if he can gamble, maybe he'll win $5 million.
1: (laughs) Right. And I think he tried to say it came from family wealth and had a really solid income. So yeah, he probably seemed like a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah absolutely i'm just trying to think of other other ones I've, yeah, I've watched so many of these things i think we've covered most of the major yeah
0: <laughs> you can always come back and um and it's i'm really glad we got to talk like this it's um you know i definitely we miss eugene and I, i'm you'll uh, be back next week everybody and we really appreciate you coming in sarah i'm going to tag on at the end of this i i interviewed a comic in Las Vegas. So I'm going to add that Christine Von Hagen, who I've known for a while. And I will confess, I do believe I was drinking, we were drinking a lot. We were in a bar, the Peppermill in Vegas, and um, you know, I'm just going to live with it. I'm not, it's not my happiest. <laughs> I, I sound like I'm buzzed because I'm like, yeah, yeah, the whole time. But anyway, we're going to play it after this. Sarah, thank you very much for helping us out.
1: Well, thank you, Candy. And give my best to Eugene when you talk to him next.
0: I will. And we really love having you on. Oh, that's we'll, great. Hopefully there's no more vulnerable victims.
1: I hope so. Stay hope strong, you. people. Don't believe Stay everything hear.
0: <laughs> that's right. Okay. Bye, Sarah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hi, this is Candy Minx in Las Vegas at the Peppermill Bar. And I'm here With Christine Von Hagen, who I've known for quite a number of years, on and off since the 90s. And she's a stand up comic from Toronto, but based in Las Vegas. I think we have questions. Christine, what made you move here?
2: The weather. (laughs) That makes sense. We all know as Canadians. No, just I had my green card. And then when I got married to my husband, who lived in Toronto, very Toronto man, I was like, all right, we're moving. And then we were going to move to LA. And then we just thought, oh, let's try Vegas, because we love Vegas. And then uh, we just stayed here. So it's been, yeah, eight years. So is the work equal in either city? Do they go back and forth? Uh, There's more actual work here, like, for stand-up. Because there's, like, Brad Garrett's Club. There's uh, the Laugh Factory, L.A. Comedy Club. Plus, like, you know... Conventions And, like, I open up for Puppetry of the Penis. Right. Uh, a wonderful show, show. At the Love Erotic it. Heritage Museum. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I mean, there's lots of opportunities, but there's lots of other, like, opening slots or, like, you know, sometimes there's, like, expert and they have a comic as part of their show. Mm. So there's, like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And maybe more, uh, obviously more international... Attendance. Oh, well, yeah I mean, the crowds are weird We're not gonna lie yeah. about that I yeah. mean, cause like LA is cool Like, for a showcase Kind of town Or if you already have a job In my opinion You know what I mean Like, it's not a great Cause, you know You got the best of the best Like, yeah. so yeah. when you go To the Laugh Factory You know, you're up against Like, Chris Rock And like, <laughs> maybe not exactly Chris Rock I But gotcha. like, high-end comics yeah. Who are like, you know Taking those good spots yeah. And like I think the people Who are great comics They get bumped to later you know, which is all it fine is and part of the game. But again, these spots pay like, you know, 25, yeah. 50 bucks. Like it's yeah. not,
0: yeah. you know. Um, let's go back for a second. When and why and how did you decide to be a stand-up comic? Oh
2: my God, I don't know. I made a, ch- a choice as a child <laughs> many years ago. Many, many years ago. And then I just stuck to it And what a nightmare No I just always wanted to do it Like Just loved comedy Like Just from like As a teen I was like Oh my god Obsessed with comedy I was obsessed with Letterman And watched Letterman Like every night Yeah And I like would write into Viewer Mail Which was a segment They did on Fridays Not really realizing It was a bit And I was like Right And then I'd make like My girlfriends come over And I'd be like We're all watching Viewer Mail It's gonna be on this week And like and that's when, like, stand-up was more like evening at the improv mm-hmm. on Annie and stuff like that. Yeah. And just always loved it. And then I just started doing it. Moved to Vancouver, started doing stand-up, mm-hmm. and then did it there for a little bit, and then moved, like, to Toronto. Well, I thought just for the summer, but then I, like, I literally I moved from Vancouver to Toronto with like a duffel bag and, I and like,
0: that is not an easy move no no because vancouver's gorgeous exactly and i'm from victoria even more gorgeous. even more so i'm right there with you because so, i went to
2: you vic oh there you go so you know the magic so yeah. we like you know yeah worked worked our way across yeah. hi.
0: hi um christine's hubby is standing oh, over hello. here by us and we love it
2: over. maybe
0: maybe you want to know how does it feel to be the husband of a comic uh, it's great, actually. She's hilarious all the time. Every morning, <laughs> she's hilarious.
2: Uh, every morning only. Like, mm-hmm.
0: Just like all of us are amazing in the morning. Uh, I know there's another question here. I don't want to turn off the tape. Uh, um, what else? Well, yeah, I mean, mean, you were doing stand-up and drawing. You want to make a living. Tell me what it's like for normal people in Vegas. When you're not I don't know any, if there are any, any normal people really? in Vegas.
2: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's funny because there's a whole scene. Like, actually, one of our main local bars is um, like where normal people, like normal Vegas Mm -hmm. residents, hang out. And it's just, yeah, like they don't even necessarily go to the strip. Like, because when we first came, we go to the strip all the time, and like. And now it's like, we're only going if we have something specific to do. I or can't believe
0: it. And family in town or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, or even
2: when friends are like, oh, come meet me at MGM. We're like, oh, we got to park. We got to go. There's going to be full of animals. That, okay. But like year one and two, we were pretty good. Like we were pretty like, we're... Oh, it's just, we're gonna go out on a Wednesday to and now. It's like, no <laughs> Although, we still go down to Fremont Street quite a bit. Like, that's sort of, what we're gonna List do. this, Yeah. And we, I mean, we gamble a lot. Yeah. So. Good. Yeah. Gamble a lot. All right. Yeah, I know. I oh, like it's, it. It's dangerous. I got four you know aces with a kicker. Yeah, my husband's already always been a oh, gambler. Okay, all right. And we would come down, like, because we came down to Vegas quite a bit, like on vacations yeah. and stuff. We got his,
0: married here. We got
2: married here before right. we left here, yes. Mm-hmm. At the flamingo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I know, and actually, this year's our 10-year anniversary, and then all my friends yeah. are like, you have to have a party. Yeah. Just because they want to come here. Yeah. Our wedding was really fun. Where would like, they stay? I mean, can you put them up? Well, I could put up like two of them. All oh, right. That's, wow. that's <laughs> a pretty good start. But um, well, the wedding, we got like a room rate. So this mm. is what like room rates were like $40 a night. Exactly. And so. You know We got a big block of rooms And everyone was Yeah so And of course We invited all these people And like You know Some random cousins And stuff I'm like They're not gonna come (laughs) Literally everybody came (laughs) (laughs) Like we invited Like 160 people And 160 people came Wow So uh, That was my we're talking We're about fighting. food. We'll talk no, about no, no, no. food. Yeah, I, I just broke the um, one in half. We're so. at
0: the Peppermill, which is one of the best oh, places in Vegas. I love the
2: Peppermill so much. But even the Peppermill, we used to come here all the time. Yeah. Especially for happy hour. Oh, okay. And then now it's like, oh. Because when you said the Peppermill, I was yeah. like, yes, Peppermill. Yeah, because
0: pepper yeah, that's what I wonder. I mean, I guess after a while, it's like, I don't go to the Art Institute every day. Right, yeah. I don't go to the Bean every day. Yeah but you're there you get used to it so yeah. that's
2: a weird concept yeah but you don't want to go on this trip every day i don't think. oh it god might. no like because we yeah. have season tickets to the golden knights the hockey team i am aware of who yes that team i know is. I, I just threw that in in case go canucks oh no go nice <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so i mean we got to go down for that all the yeah. time and then i like you know i have my weird platinum card so i can park for free Like you. Vegas also you don't wanna pay for anything. This becomes the other thing. Interesting. Game, where it's like if I have to pay for a drink or food, I'm like wow. get me out of here. Oh and that's then, that's like when I was a sexy bitch in the eighties. Not paying for anything. Exactly.
0: I'm not going in a club lineup. But that's how like club.
2: every Vegas resident is. It's like Oh, we're going to I mean, this show. All right, well, they're comps, or they're this. Do we get oh. this? Because also when you gamble, you drink for free, obviously. Yes. And then, like, uh, at our bar, like, we get our food comps. Oh. And so then now okay. it's all, like, food comps, and this yeah. comp, and this parking. Because when they started charging for parking, like, the locals were like, no. Oh, sure. And then a lot of places, if you have your Nevada ID, you don't have to pay. Because I know people are like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But nice. yeah, no, Vegas, I don't know. I think it's a great place to live.
1: Although cool. half
2: of California is now moving here and making our traffic shitty. So yeah, like, and I mean, you a lot of. Stay over there. With the pandemic, so many young people came to warmer places, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's huge. Like, you know, a lot of my friends are still in Toronto and BC and everywhere. And it's like, yeah. you know, when I see the weather, like, on their Facebook, or I'm like, and I'm like out for a walk, yeah. and it's like, you know, 18 degrees yeah. in February. I have a nerdy question for you, let's yes. just wrap
0: it up and if you don't like the question we'll cut it. But what would you tell someone who wants to be a
2: comic, up and coming? Save yourself. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I mean, yeah, just do it, I mean it's a nightmare of a choice. <laughs> it's creative. But it, no, it's super fun, I mean when it's, the highs are, you're not going to get much higher, but the lows are pretty miserable and it is hard to make money, but it's out there and uh, I mean, yeah, there's nothing better than a good set, that's for okay.
0: sure. Okay, I have another C question. I was yes. doing a little research on a surprise and what the sense of reveal is, and I thought I should interview magicians. Right. And they can tell me about surprise. Do you have any commentary about surprise? Surprise. And incongruity. Would you say that was one of your
2: tools? Um, I mean, surprise is definitely involved. And then, you know, whenever someone, if you have a joke and then people kind of already get there right before you are at the same time, you're like, eh. So that's never good. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Surprise. Surprise in, like, the act itself? I think philosophically, well, we know now that some science is saying... When we're surprised, we learn more.
0: Right, okay.
2: And so maybe that's why comedy heals. Right. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, also, one element of surprise in comedy is, like, sometimes you'll see a crowd and be like, oh, they're going to be a terrible crowd, Ooh. and then they're amazing, yes. and then other times you're like, oh, this is going to be a good crowd, yes. and they're shit. Oh, so uh, you're like, yeah, so that is also an element of, that's, like, okay. probably the main element of surprising comedy, for where you're, because you? Yeah, so. you really don't know what's going to happen. And really? You, yeah. You know, I mean, they're that like, shows how brave you are. But I mean, you have your tools to sort of back things up, yeah. but like there's still like, yeah, you're dealing with the whole crowd of weirdos. Like, you know, yeah. like, are I you going to be epic? And sometimes they're really old. You're like, oh, they're going to hate everything. They love it. They're oh. dirty. Other times they're young, but then they're smart and fun. Like, you know what I mean? So you can't really prejudge. Love it. Yeah. So that's a big right. of surprise. Yeah, guess, but so how do you write your material? Do you write, or do you just? Riff? Uh, usually, things just happen, okay. and then I try to get it on stage somewhere, like right away. Because one of the problems during the pandemic is I'd think of something funny, and I'd write it down, and I'd be like, "This is the best." And then, like by the time I actually like got, you forget what like the little nuances of like why this was funny, and then you're kind of like, "Oh yeah, it was because you know what I mean." So. Um, mm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's mostly things that occur, but then you definitely have to, like, sit down. And then I still have lots of friends who do comedy, obviously. And then I'll, like, my friend Lori Elliott, like, we'll kind of Zoom, like, once a week and just go through some bits. I love that. And say, you know, oh, yeah, what about this? What about that? And then she'll kind of bounce off her two cents. And actually, my husband's very funny. He actually gave me a tag. He's shaking his head right now. I know. He's a problem, but... He gave me a tag to the joke, and then now, and it works, and it's really good. And he's and, like, Cha-ching. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. every time it works, he's like, that's my joke, that's Copyright. my tag, that's my joke. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, you brat. And then that one I have, because often he's like, oh, I write all this stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But this one he did get in. It's a joke about him, too, so. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. That was a lot of fun.